You're listening to the Bread of Life podcast, featuring my latest teachings from the Word of God. The Word is truth and life to those who find Him, and Jesus is ready to be found. The Lord says a proud heart is an abomination unto him. He says this in Proverbs 16 verse 5. He says, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Amen. Now, this is what the Lord hates. It's a proud heart. It's a haughty spirit. But what does a proud heart look like? Now, I want to dive into the Bible and show you three signs of what a proud heart looks like. Now, the one who has a proud heart seeks the glory of others, seeks the praises of men. And we can see this in 1 Samuel 15 verse 30. Now, I just want to add a bit of context around this. You see, we're diving into a time where Saul was given a mission from God. And this mission was given to him through Samuel. And Samuel said that he was to completely destroy all the Amalekites. However, this was not so because Saul went there and Although he had destroyed the Amalekites, he had saved the king, King Agag. And they had spared some cattle to make a sacrifice unto the Lord. Now Samuel turns up on this scene, having been told by God what has happened. He makes Saul aware that he has rejected the word of the Lord. And Saul replies to him in verse 30. He says, I have sinned, but please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. You see, what strikes me here in this passage is the fact that Saul is asking to be honoured before the elders of the people and before Israel. And instead of seeking to honour God and to seek reconciliation with God for the thing that he did not do, he is more concerned that his honour is not with the people of Israel and with the elders. You see, his heart is set on gaining honour for himself instead of seeking to give the honour unto God, instead of seeking to fulfil that which the Lord has actually told him to do. You see, it is clear here that he is seeking respect and pardon from the people. So as the way he is seen in their eyes is not different, has not been changed based on his action. But he has yet to realize that he has displeased God in his action. And so his first point of action should be to seek reconciliation with God. Yet being so caught up with having that glory from man, he misses this. He misses this. And so his heart is turned from seeking the forgiveness of God. 
You see, when I read this, I realized that he had admitted that, you know, he had sinned and he had admitted that he had violated both the Lord's command and Samuel's word. But it mentions here that he seeks pardon from Samuel alone. And there's no mention here of him seeking pardon from God. It says there in verse 25 that he asks Samuel to forgive him. But then it says there in verse 30 that he asks Samuel to come back with him to worship God. You see, worship has to come from a place of truth. And I find it quite bizarre how Saul wants to worship God from a place of untruth, from a place of unrepentance. And this cannot be. We have to come before God in a place of truth. And it is a place of truth that God will call his worshippers true worshippers. You see, the one with the proud heart is the one who recognizes self-achievement and recognizes the strength in his own arm and not the strength that is found in God. You see, the one with the proud heart has an absence of seeing the move of God in a thing and so denies God of the glory. And the praises of men is just to add to the gratification and glorification of self. And in this, God is robbed. He is robbed for not being recognized as the one in which we live and move and have our being. Also, he is robbed of being known because the manifestations of God, the manifestations of his power makes him known unto both believer and unbeliever. And so in doing this, he becomes robbed of even being known unto a people. You see, the one with the haughty spirit is the one that needs the praises of men to exalt their works, to exalt the works that has been done as their own and eliminates any trace or fingerprint of God on the matter. And so it's very important that we recognize and not forget that it is through him. It is through him we do. It is through him we live. It is through him all things are possible. It is through him his grace is sufficient from us. It is through him and through him alone. And because it's through him, then all glory must be to him. The scripture says that he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Amen. Now, one of the other signs is self-glory. And we can find this in 1 Samuel 15 verse 12. Now, when Samuel first arrived on the scene to find Saul, the scripture says that he could not find him. Now let's have a read. It says here in verse 12, it says, Early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul. But he was told, he was told by another, that Saul has gone to Carmel, and there he has set up a monument in his own honor 
and has turned and gone on down to Gilgal. You see, the Bible says that Saul could not be found. And he had gone to Carmel, Mount Carmel, to set up a monument in his own honor. You see, when I read this, I was reminded by the Spirit of the time when Saul was made king. Now, the Bible says that when they went looking for him to make him king in the beginning, again, he could not be found. But in this instance, he could not be found because he was hiding himself. He was hiding himself to be brought forth before the people. He was hiding himself as he considered himself insignificant in his own eyes to have such a call that Samuel said that he would be the king of Israel. And yet the opposite is taking place here now in a chapter just further from that. As the scripture says that he could not be found, similar to in the beginning. But on this occasion, he could not be found because he was setting up a monument for himself to honor himself. Now, Mount Carmel is known to be a place of worship, but it's not just that. It's a place known for idol worship. And it's associated there even with the uh, story of Elijah and the false prophets. It is considered a high place. And so it is considered a place of worship, a place of idol worship. Now, what we understand is that Saul and his men has just come back from the battle with the Amalekites. Now, they've just come back from battle. They've just come back from destroying the Amalekites. In their eyes, they've gained victory. And here we find Saul giving worship unto himself. Instead of blessing the Lord for what he has done, the Bible says that he is there at Mount Carmel giving honor to himself. For the victory. First, we were told he was hiding himself, and now we are told he's glorifying himself. Self glory is that which is an abomination unto the Lord. You see, the one who seeks self glory promotes the absence of God in a thing. And the Lord delights not in the one who trusts himself, but he delights in the one who trusts him, who fears him. See, the truth is we are nothing without God. We are nothing without him. And Saul knew this. In the beginning, Saul knew this. Saul knew that he was nothing when called by God. But from the moment we look to self, from the moment these eyes begin to look at self and see something, we are in trouble. If it was not for his amazing grace, I know if not where 
I would be. I, I know it not where many of us, if not all of us, would be. You see, I heard someone say once is that we, we only have the power to destroy ourselves and we have not the power to save ourselves. And so many a times I will think, how then can I look at self and even see anything worth glorifying? If there's anything worth glorifying, it's because the Lord has given. And so all glory must go to him. Now, the last sign I want to share with you is actually partial obedience. Now, it took me quite a while to get my head wrapped around this because I wanted to know for myself what this meant. And while studying this, the Lord revealed to me that partial obedience is actually no obedience at all to God. You see, Saul was given the instructions to utterly kill, to utterly destroy all the Amalekites and all that they have and to spare not. Yet this was not the case. You see, this is the response of Saul when he was questioned about what he has done. He said, I have obeyed the Lord. This is verse 20, 1 Samuel 15, verse 20. He said, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone the way which the Lord has sent me. Yes, you have. He said, I have brought Achag, the king of the Amalekites, and I've utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Yes, you destroyed the Amalekites, but you did not destroy Achag. And so there is partial truth in what he says. Yet, he says, I have obeyed the Lord. Partial truth is no truth. Partial obedience is no obedience. Saul did not get this. He said, I have obeyed the Lord, and that was not true. In fact, what Saul portrayed here was an act of stubbornness. He was made aware of something. He was made aware of something to do. But out of his own self-will, he chose not to do it. Out of his own self-will, he chose to do what he felt was right to do. God said, spare not, and yet he spared. He was stubborn in his actions towards the instructions of God. He was not willing to bend his ways to the ways of God. He was reluctant to obey, to fully obey. And to not fully obey is to not obey at all. Because the response of Samuel at this time was, you have not obeyed the voice of God. Yes, you killed the Amalekites, but you have not obeyed the voice of God because the spoils were spared, some of them, and Achag was spared. Partial obedience is no obedience in the sight of God. We have to know this. We have to know this. We have to know that a half-done job is a job not done at all in our sight of God. We have to know that that which the Lord asks us to do, we have to do it completely and fully. That is obedience. That is total committed obedience to God. You see, the one with the proud heart is not fully committed 
to the will of God and they are the ones who want their own way. They see their ways as higher than the ways of God. They are committed to their own will and this is shown through their partial submission to the things of God. Jesus said that those who put their hand to the plow and turn back are not worthy. They are not fit for the kingdom of God. You see, this walk with Christ requires a complete commitment. It requires a complete surrender. Now, the Bible tells us that Saul killed the Amalekites and he took Achag the king alive. It said that he spared the best sheep and cattle. And it says that these were the things that they were unwilling to destroy completely. You see, sometimes there are some things God wants us to destroy. He wants us to take out because they have no space, no position in the will of God. And yet we cannot see this, for we are unwilling to do that which he asks. The thing that God hated, he told Saul to destroy. And yet the very thing he was to destroy, he kept. He spared. For he was unwilling. You see, as they were being mindful to fulfill their own will, they were unwilling to completely do the things that God spoke of. Because of their own will, they were unwilling to fully obey God. And because of the proudness in their heart, they were unwilling to obey God. Partial obedience is no obedience at all. The scripture says that Samuel asked Saul, why did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you do this evil in his sight and reject the word of the Lord? You see, the key thing here is that Saul did not obey and he went off and did his own thing. He had his own way in the matter. My friend, I can only tell you this. Let God have his way. Let God's will be done. It's the only way that you will find peace and you will find satisfaction as he himself is satisfied only in his will. You see, I believe that David was not chosen because he was blameless or because he was righteous. You see, right before David went on the battlefield to kill Goliath, his brother approached him and said, I know you are conceited and I know the wickedness that's in your heart. Now, I don't know if this be so true, but, you know, the Bible states it here for a reason, you know. And I believe that David was not the most righteous person or, you know, or the most perfect person in his ways. But there was something about him that Saul had lacked. And the Bible testifies that he was chosen above Saul because he was after God's heart. And because the posture of David's heart was such that was 
willing to do the will of God, the Lord delighted to make him the king of Israel. You see, it's so paramount that we allow the will of God to be that which is higher than our will. When Peter refused to have his feet washed by Jesus, Jesus said that unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Unless you submit to me washing your feet, you will have no part with me. Unless we come in alignment with the will of God and obey his word, we are only taking ourselves out of his plan. And to walk outside the plan of God is a very dangerous road to walk. For the word of God is only established in his will. And it is his will that he performs. You see, all these signs I've mentioned, there are appetites of the flesh and not the spirit. And this is why we need Jesus. This is why we need the Holy Spirit to help turn our hearts and mind to that which is right and to walk in the way to that which is right. Now Jesus, who left his glory in heaven, came down to earth and lived amongst men, being fully man yet fully God. God lived a life amongst men and he died on a cross for the sins of mankind. Not because of his will, but because of the will of God, he did this. And on the third day, he rose again and now he is seated at the right hand of God. You see, just the life alone of Christ is a demonstration of one who seeked not the glory for himself, nor the glory from others, but in his life, it demonstrates that he seeked the glory for God and God alone. And I believe this has been done so it will be set as an example for us. To not just read in this book but to do and so consider your ways commune with your own heart cast your crowns down and realize that he alone is worthy to receive glory honor and power Thank you for listening to the Bread of Life podcast. Visit our website, nomoreblind.com for more information regarding this podcast and many others. Share this message with your friends and family and help us spread the word of God, which restores our soul. Until next time, remember, the grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of God will never change.